Welcome to Caldwell Medicine Review episode 48. The only podcast in the world who has a host that can claim he dismembered a fan and stuffed the parts in his closet. It is March 20th, 2000. By the way, I mean a ceiling fan, not a person. 2017. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I did. And I'm waiting for the next one, as always. This wonderful song here is a, is a song. I don't even know if I can say it right. Professor Umluat. U-M-L-A-U-T. U-M-L-A-U-T. Whatever that word is. Professor That Word. And it's by Kevin McLeod. Of Incompetech.com. You can check out his website for royalty-free, yeah, royalty-free music and graph paper. I just found it right before the show, and I, if you listen to the show, you know I use a lot of Kevin McLeod songs. Oh, so yeah, Monday. I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. Um, I'm, I kind of, I'm having a kind of a burst of energy right now because the show is starting, but man, am I tired. It's been a long day, so I'm going to apologize ahead of time if I just nod off in the middle of the show, leaving the rest of the show, um, maybe just snoring for me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a long day and then I, and then I got all strung out on coffee. I drank too much coffee, which I just sh- should just give up anyway. I didn't start drinking coffee regularly until recently, and I never needed it for energy, but now it kind of acts as a crutch. So enough co- coffee bad. <laughs> Although, I've heard that there are health benefits to it. There are detoxification benefits to coffee. I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to keep playing this song until the end. I kind of like it. I didn't pick out a lot of news stories for today. Thinking maybe of making it a shorter show, but I don't know. Usually when I say a shorter show, I usually go... Usually end up going the full hour. Or overtime. Anyway. It is a live show. If you'd like to call in, 602-753-3005, Call in before I fall asleep. Um, I try to watch the phones, but no guarantees. I hear other blog talk radio shows saying to press 1 once you call in. I think when you call in, you just hear the show... But I see that you're on the line. Um, so, yeah, I picked out a couple stories that I thought were interesting. Just a handful. And then maybe either uh, trail off on some of those or maybe do a live news search as I've done in some other ones. 
the first article I wanted to bring up was, uh, is <sighs> more Russian stuff. The, the, the Russian stuff never, um, goes away and, you know, I, I like conspiracy theories like the next person. I don't like believing them, but I'm starting to believe more and more on this, uh, conspiracy theory that the deep state is trying to remove Trump after all this stuff. It just keeps, they just keep hammering and hammering, uh, with the, the CIA and FBI, NSA and the like, along with the news media that has always been, uh, tight and friendly with the presidents, uh, especially the last one, I would say. I was very frustrated with the media for the last eight years, not reporting on many of the things that I think should have been reported on. You know, they definitely didn't look at the last president with the same scrutiny as they did the current ones, and we're starting to kind of find out why, figure out why, the mainstream media is in crisis mode and they are losing viewership and the viewership is starting to go more towards independent media be it quote left wing or right wing so there's a article on mcclatchydc.com titled FBI's Russian influence probe includes a look at far-right news sites. And I'll begin reading the first couple paragraphs here. Uh, it's an article by Peter Stone and Greg Gordon of McClatchy Washington Bureau. Federal investigators are examining whether far-right news sites played any role last year in a Russian cyber operation that dramatically widened the reach of news stories, some fictional, that favored Donald Trump's presidential bid, two people familiar with the inquiry said. So uh, just a spoiler alert, this is an, another article with uh, unnamed sources. And based off of circumstantial evidence too, uh, much like we've seen in the past, uh, I'll continue reading from the article here, operatives for Russia appear to have strategically timed the computer commands known as bots to blitz social media with links to pro-Trump stories at times when the billionaire businessman was on the defensive in his race against Democrat Hillary Clinton, these sources said. And further on the article, they said the bots were also linking to stories, I'm sorry, uh, linking to emails, rather, from John Podesta on WikiLeaks. Dot com. So it's again, it's another article that uh, that goes over a lot of circumstantial evidence. I do think the article fails to mention the revelation that this, when the CIA does any hacking, um, that they do mask as other countries, and I guess the just the common the common knowledge that anybody can mask where uh, they are coming from, uh, including bots. Now, bots typically use IPs anyway, or I, um, I mean proxy IPs to be specific uh, because that, that's how they can operate. Um, 
especially if they're breaking the law. But proxies are used for for a multitude of reasons, it's just as, as such as staying anonymous as well. And uh, just about anybody can do it. But uh, as and I think you know they use kind of the same circumstantial evidence. I don't think they they mention is much of it in this article as the New York Times article I covered in the past where they lay out some of that circumstantial evidence such as, such as like the, the times that activities were happening. They just said it was during the working hours of Russian or Moscow time and, and all this other stuff. And what what else it was some some kind of something about a, a version of Microsoft Word that was apparently Russian. Now that specifically was to, I think, Guccifer 2.0, who said he was Romanian. So, yes, uh, FBI looking into this. Let's read a little bit more of the article here, and then there's some things that I have highlighted that I'd like to bring up. The bot's end products were largely millions of Twitter and Facebook posts carrying links to stories on conservative internet sites such as Breitbart News and Infowars, as well as Kremlin-backed RT News and Sputnik News, the sources said. Some of the stories were false or mixed fact, fact and fiction, said the sources. <laughs> um, who spoke on condition of not a minute because the a bot or the bot attacks are part of an FBI led investigation to a multifaceted Russian operation to influence last let uh last year's elections. So of course more anonymous sources, uh, more non evidence. Let's see, investigators examining the bot attacks are exploring whether far right news operations took any actions to assist Russia's operatives. Their participation, however, wasn't necessary for the bots to amplify their news through Twitter and Facebook. Um, let's see. Just looking through the article a little bit more. Um, skipping down a little bit. The ranking Democrat on House Intelligence Committee, one of multiple congressional panels examining Russia's intervention, said the uh, on Embis or NBC's Meet the Press Sunday that there was circumstantial evidence of collusion. What a surprise. There is also direct evidence dot 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 of deception. I don't know what that dot 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 means. Maybe they, they cut some words out for the sake of this article. Um, or for the sake of the narrative of this article. I'll get to that too. About the narrative of this article. Um, anyway, direct evidence dot 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 of deception and that's where we begin the investigation, says Representative Adam Schiff, Schiff rather, of California. U.S. intelligence agencies charged in January that Russian President Vladimir Putin had ordered the offensive. Uh, I think that was part of that report, that disappointing report that was released before, uh, to the public anyway. Um, I didn't see the report that Donald Trump saw that had the, all the missing pages. Uh, continuing on here, in which cyber operatives also hacked tens of 
thousands of emails. Oh, by the way, the, even the Trump that uh, the Trump, even the report that Trump saw wasn't the full report because the uh, intelligence, um, so uh, the intelligence agencies are not releasing all their methods, or, or or saying that some of the information would release their methods, and, and they they're refusing to do it. That has been news in the past. <clears throat> I guess contributing more to the conspiracy theory that the deep state is working against the Trump administration. Uh, as part of, I, I would guess, you know, as someone who who's who's seen the evidence, you know, fall into place for that, um, I would I would say they're they're doing it on behalf of the Democrat and Republican Party, not just the Democrat Party. Uh, let's see, what else? Let's see, top priority invest of investigators is to determine who delivered these hacked emails to WikiLeaks, London-based transparency site that published them online. The sources said, news stories about the emails embarrassed Clinton at key points of the campaign. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has denied Russian government. Was the source of the email dump. <clears throat> yeah, so <clears throat> that was an article, not a, or that was an interview with Julian Assange. Uh, I don't remember when. I think it was around the November, December time, maybe, maybe late October at its earliest. Where you saying the emails, the email leaks was was not a result of a state actor, and that's the words he used. Yeah, so, and then it goes on as I mentioned before. The bots it carried links to not only news stories but also to the emails posted on WikiLeaks. Especially and then here's here's where this article kind of goes wrong here. Especially those hacked from Podesta and made public in October, said Phil Howard, professor of Oxford University, you know, Internet Institute, has researched the bot attacks. Um, so when they say that they hacked Podesta's email, again, I'm going to remind you that uh, this hack was an email to Podesta to tell him to change his password. A fake email. So somebody sent him a fake email, said change your password. Podesta put in his password, or whatever it was, Podesta1 or whatever. <laughs> and um, they used the password to get the emails. So this is this uh, elaborate, uh, quote, Russian hack. So the article goes on and on and on. It's a pretty long article. You can look it up for yourself. McClatchyDC.com. Uh, I'll just read a couple more parts of it. This is a quote here. They very carefully timed a release of information to shift the news cycles away from stories that clearly hurt Mr. Trump, such as inappropriate conduct over the years. Now, who's this quote by? Mike Carpenter, I believe, former senior Pentagon official during the Obama administration, whose job focused on Russia. Uh, he's saying this, I believe. Um, let's see, an additional, an addition, an additional Russian tool was the news, you know, uh, what does it say? Prime propaganda machine Russia today. Prime, from its prime propaganda machine Russia today. Um, well, if that's true, the PBS would be our prime propaganda machine. Russia Today, it's one of two. They have Sputnik. I'm not too familiar with Sputnik. 
Uh, I, I'm more familiar with Russia today. And they are a worldwide news organization funded by the Russian government. If, if you're not familiar with it. Last November 19th, Breitbart announced that its website traffic had set a record uh, the previous 31 days with 300 million page views, driven substantially by social media. Now, and it gives them the Breitbart, which has drawn criticism for... So this, I'm just kind of showing you the bias of this article here. Breitbart, which has drawn cr- criticism for pursuing a white nationalist agenda... I don't know how they put that in there, was formerly led by Stephen Bannon, who became chief executive officer of Trump's election campaign. Now, they said uh, they've drawn criticism for pursuing a white nationalist agenda. The article isn't saying itself that they are pursuing a white nationalist agenda, but the way they worded it here, they put that in there. Um, I don't think anybody at Breitbart would admit to promoting a white nationalist agenda if i'm wrong you know you're free to correct me i don't know that to be true uh and then they get into some of uh alex jones's comments infowars was published by alex jones a texas-based conservative talk show host uh and again they interject something here known for embracing conspiracy theories such as the one asserting that the u.s government was involved in terrorist attacks of september 11th and i'm actually surprised they didn't use the sandy hook one that's the popular one to say Alex Jones thinks that Sandy Hook was a uh, hoax. They usually throw that in here to to discredit him. So they have some of uh, Alex Jones's response here. Um, they they quote him just for, from his show, but I'm gonna move on anyway. Uh, back to Donner Donner Brazil because if you know Donner Brazil, uh, they interject something about her too. Who who. Uh, Oh, here, I'll just continue here. Donna Brazil, the former interim director of the DNC, that's what they injected, said neither the party committee nor the Clinton campaign had used bots to widen the reach of their anti-Trump messages. So they interject uh, Breitbart knowing, drawn criticism for pursuing white nationalist Agenda, they interject in Infowars, known for embracing conspiracy theories such as the one, you know, a certain U.S. government was involved in uh, 9-11 the terror t- attacks, terror, terrorist attacks, rather, and Donna Brazil interject, former interim uh, director of the DNC. Um, no mention of her collusion and leaking questions, debate questions from CNN to Hillary Clinton. So, kind of shows you the bias of the article anyway. Well, anyway, kind of more non-news as far as evidence goes anyway, but news in the fact that uh, they are still shooting for, I guess, um, they're, they're still... I guess searching any anything they can find for anything they can find for Russian collusion between uh, the Trump administration and the Russian government to delegitimize the presidency. Uh, I think a lot of people within the intelligence community and the Republican and Democrat parties are very uncomfortable with the fact 
that Trump has control of the White House. Because more evidence in my eyes that the Republican and Democrat parties are really two sides of the same coin with some minor differences. But they both like to increase the debt and they both like all of the uh, foreign intervention, uh, foreign... Sorry, I'm reading I'm reading while I'm talking here. Kind of trailing off <laughs> the... Uh, foreign welfare, military intervention, and things of that nature. Uh, on to the next story here. Which, this was making... Some headlines, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Interesting. I'm, re- I'm reading this one from Breitbart.com. Article titled, Very Fake News, Juan Williams Slams CNN Report Claiming Sean Hannity Pulled gu- Gun on Him After an Argument. And I, I actually didn't read the CNN report on this. Uh, had I remembered, I would have... Uh, Tried to find it, but uh, I'm sure it was either corrected or buried by this point. The fake news establishment media at CNN is at it again. Now they are attacking Fox News host Sean Hannity, smearing his reputation with a phony story about him alleging, allegedly pointing a gun at a liberal Fox News contributor, Juan Williams. Dylan Breyer is one of the media writers at CNN who works for the media industry Defender. Brian Stelter printed a story on Thursday alleging, quote, last year after ending one of his many spirited on-air arguments with liberal contributor Juan Williams, Hannity pulled out a gun and pointed it directly at Williams, Breyer cited. Um, quote, three sources with knowledge, with knowledge of the incident. And more from him, he even turned on the laser sight causing a red dot to bob around Williams' body. Briars wrote, Hannity was just showing off, the sources said, but the unforeseen off-camera antic clearly disturbed Williams and others on the set. So, and then, um... And it says, Briars added in the next paragraph that alleged incident was investigated and was determined that nothing bad happened. And where is where is Juan Williams' statement? Trying to find it here. Uh, he says the incident is being sensationalized. Everything was under total control throughout, and I never felt like I was put in harm's way. Uh, it's a quote from Juan Williams. It was clear that Sean put my safety and security above all else, and we continue to be great friends. He, he writes a Twitter message here. The incident is being... Yeah, that's the same thing I wrote. With uh, Sean Hannity tweeting, at CNN, fake news, lies. Juan is one of my best friends. Love you, my friend. And he says, at CNN, is as hysterical and insane as Rachel Maddow. Of course, taking a dig at Rachel Maddow for her, her uh, tax return Incident last week. Uh, let's see. Here, I'm, I'm going all like, uh, well, not all. But I, I have a lot of articles from the hard right 
media organizations for this episode. This one's from the Gateway Pundit. In the first two months of office, Trump reduced debt by $100 billion. And it says Obama increased debt by $400 billion. An article by Jim Hoft. So that's good news. I always say that I thought debt is the debt is one of the main things, one of my main concerns anyway. Um, I think it's you know it goes as far as to be a national security issue, on top of like the well-being and uh, of the people, the wealth of the people, the wealth you know their ability to retire, <laughs> retire worry-free and. Um, and for the good of the future generations, we can't just pile selfishly pile and pile on debt. So if Trump manages to actually reduce the debt during his term, and you know I don't agree with Trump on everything, but if you know if he does this, is this one of these main things? I'll I'll start doing my my podcast here with a T-shirt that says I am a Trump shill on it. Uh, well, assuming he doesn't do all the uh, the Nazi stuff that the left seems to think he's gonna do, uh, my hope my hopes are still high that uh, Trump isn't making concentration camps. Um, but you know the, the administration isn't over yet. Um, you see, oh, what's another thing too? I, I kind of wanted to comment on. There's a lot of people that are worrying about the crackdown of marijuana because of Sessions. I think Sessions made some comments like, you know, mar- like marijuana addiction is, is like just under uh, heroin addiction in terms of like severity or something like that, something of that nature, which, I mean, it sounds like totally ridiculous to me. And people are, are alarmed that he's going to start cracking down. Um, I don't know that he will. I think, you know, Trump being a populist... And I don't see Trump being sensitive to marijuana because he's, you know, he's a straight edger, doesn't drink alcohol, things of that nature. Probably just thinks it's like such a waste for anybody to do anything to alter their mind state in any kind of way. I don't see him being sympathetic to marijuana, but I guess as a populist, um, I can't really see him like just cracking down on it either. I could be wrong. We'll see. Uh, It's one of those things too with medical marijuana and, and everything else with the states going against the federal government to open up, you know, their own marijuana economies, little economies and, and uh, markets and, and things like that. It seems to me that the genie is pretty far out of the bottle and it'd be hard to squeeze it back in. Uh, and I think Trump would have to be pretty be pretty irrational no matter what his feelings of marijuana are to try to start cracking down on a federal level. Um, personally, I think it'd be pretty disappointing being one that favors states' rights more. I don't really see the trade of marijuana as any kind of national security issue anyway that the federal government needs to get into. I see the more on drugs more as something that creates violence than prevents it. And overinflates our prison system, and kind of makes the whole prison system kind of a racket for many reasons. So I just kind of got off on a tangent there. 
Uh, anyway, good news in the debt. So Trump keep reducing the debt. Now, of course, it's only 100 billion, but it's still better than increasing it 4 billion, like the predecessor. Um, and 100 billion out of uh, 19 trillion, at, le at least it's a start. So again, we're about halfway through. Again, if you'd like to call in, uh, the number here is 602-753-3005. I'm going to take a quick break. And I'll be back in just a moment. Are you solving any mysteries? Because if you have any mysteries, this is the music to solve it to. Because it's called Spyglass. And it's by Kevin McLeod of the same Incompetech.com that I mentioned earlier when I was doing the intro music. How did a half hour pass so fast? Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. And what's more fun than the news? And I have some fun news, too. Stephen Hawking will travel to space on board Richard Branson's ship, Professor says. Alright, this is, um... I'm conflicted about this. Well, for one... The estimates of uh, citizen travel to space or whatever. Or commercial space flight. The, the projections always get pushed off. I know there's projections that it'll happen next year. Another thing is Stephen Hawking's health. I would think would prevent space travel. 
But what do I know? I'm not Richard Branson. And, um... So I've, I've been reading some, you know... I've been seeing Stephen Hawking in the headlines. Of course, he's... I think he's making some strange artificial intelligence... Claims. That's a whole different topic. I could, I could debate with somebody on if you think the world is going to get taken over by AI like the Matrix. I have reasons to believe that it won't. But who's to say? Uh, anyway, here's a, here's an article. Stephen Hawking will travel to space on board Richard Branson's ship, Professor says. Article on the independent.co.uk. The sub-headline here. I thought no one would take me, the cosmologist and physicist said. It says, uh, Stephen Hawking is going to space. The cosmologist and physicist will leave Earth on board Richard Branson's spaceship. He has said, professional, uh, I'm sorry, professor rather. I need to stop saying I'm sorry. I said Midwestern niceness in me. I can't. I can't uh, stop saying it out of habit. Professor Hawking told Good Morning Britain that he never dreamed he'd be able to head into space, but Richard Branson has offered me a seat on Virgin Galactic. And I said yes immediately. Richard Branson's spaceflight company, Virgin Galactic, hopes... Uh, soon. And I, by the way, I've heard of this a long time ago, a lot before... Or, or, or a long time before, I thought, wasn't it Elon Musk? Doesn't he have, isn't he the guy that's projected to go into space by 2018 with his mystery customer? Uh, anyway, Richard Branson's spaceflight company, Virgin Galactic, ho- hopes soon to carry people into space on commercial missions. Um, and finally, we can get some proof that the Earth is round. Unless they only take liars into space. Uh, let's see, Mr. Branson has suggested that he might be able to complete a flight in 2009, but the plan has been thrown off by a range of problems and disasters. In a wide-ranging interview, he said that his three children have brought me great joy. I can tell you uh, it will make me happy to travel in space. I believe that is a quote from Hawking. And then, and then he gets into politics. Professor Hawking also discussed Donald Trump, who said he was a demagogue. And made him fear that he might never be welcome to the U.S. Quote, his priority will be to satisfy his, electric, or his, his electorate, who are neither liberal nor that well-informed. Wow. So insulting uh, Trump's electorate. As not informed. Well, you know, at least they're informed enough to steal uh, Sheila Booth's uh, He Will Not Divide Us flag, which was an amazing story. Anyway, if you don't know it, you got to look it up. I covered it on uh, episode, I don't know, 46 or 45 or one of them. One of those episodes. And he criticized Jeremy Corbyn, who said he had allowed himself to be portrayed as a left-wing extremist, which he's not. 
because of the media portrayals, he said he was not much, or there was not much of a chance that Mr. Corbyn would ever win an election, but he would continue to support the Labour Party. That's UK politics, not US. I think we do have a Labour Party, actually. We have a we have a, a bunch of parties, registered ones. Many of which have national uh, presence. In, you know, they're statewide. Anyway. Um, and then he said if Brexit must happen, it can't happen in the isolated and inward-looking way that the right wing of the Conservative Party want. He warned politicians that they should ensure that Britain keeps as many links as possible with Europe and the rest of the world. And said that leaving Europe threatens Britain, Britain's status as a world leader in science and innovation. So... Cosmologists and physicists' opinions on politics. So you can't have an interview without questions like that. Oh, you know what? I almost skipped a story. I said I was going to do some hard right-wing uh, news outlet stories. And I only, I, I only did... Well, I did Breitbart Gateway Pundit, but I have one on InfoWars, too. NSA documents prove surveillance of Donald Trump and his family. <laughs> Bombshell Discovery shows targets uh, and NSA's Project Dragnet. So this, I believe, there is actually evidence for. I'm like the last one. Now, this is... A, a electronic surveillance database that was leaked by... Or the way this article writes, the electronic database provided to Zulu by a whistleblower in 2013, which uh, apparent, was apparently created by NSA as part of NSA's illegal and unconstitutional project Dragnet. Electronic surveillance of U.S. citizens first revealed by news reports published in 2005, as further documented by revelations of whistleblower Edward Snowden in 2013. I'll read a little bit from this article. Washington, D.C. Infowars.com has obtained credible information from law enforcement sources, sources regarding individual records, the U.S. citizens under National Security Agency electronic surveillance in the years of 2004-2010, a database that suggested both Donald Trump and Alex Jones were under illegal and unauthorized government monitoring during those years. So, let's see, is this, yeah, is this the same database here provided... In 2013, let's see, I'll just read some more here. Michael Zulu, Zul, Zulo, formerly a commander and chief investigator of the Cold Case Posse, CCP, a special investigative group created in 2006 in the office of Joseph M. Arpaio, formerly sheriff of Maricopa County in Arizona State, Certified law enforcement agency headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona, provided sections of the database to Infowars.com. So, and I don't know if Infowars has is providing the database. Let me look. Okay, there's something here. Otherwise, this is going to be just as good as that last article I had. I had with uh, no real evidence provided. Dragnet's NSA spying survives 2015 review. Um, let's see. 
or I'm gonna have to look more into see if I can find this whole dragnet leak. Uh, but they have a bunch of names. Let's see. Electronic surveillance of Donald Trump was listed in a database for the following companies and locations. And they named some companies. Trump International, Trump World Tower. Uh, some of them with dates, some of them, some of them without. Going up to, I think, 2009. Trump Palace Company, Trump Entertainment. And by the way, this is also um, not just an InfoWars. I'm just reading an InfoWars article there are other articles you can find that cover this story too douglas limousine trump international flights incorporated i'm not going to read them all here and see while attempts have been made to deny such domestic surveillance reports from the new york times in 2014 showed cia agency had done just that by spying on senate panel investigating the agency's use of enhanced interrogation 2016 article from The Guardian entitled A Constitutional Crisis the CAA Turns on the Senate. Is likewise noticed how drastic and widespread the CAA's, CIA's domestic surveillance operation was. Well, this is an article by Jerome Corsi. I don't know if I mentioned that. Or Corsi. I think it might be Corsi. Here's a, pan, a partial list of Trump employees that show up in the Project Dragnet database. So yeah, that's the data, database you need to find. Project Dragnet database i did a search for it it brought up a bunch of articles but i didn't find the actual database myself so take this with a grain of salt if you'd like or look it up for yourself but um this these are employees that were being watched here patricia Herna or patricia hernandez manager of trump organization under nsa's electronic surveillance surve surveillance at trump park central park south new york city uh, they exiled some of the phone number, but they got some of it here. Day 2008, Mike Van Der Goes, a golf pro at Ocean Trails Golf Course. Uh, it looks like to be in 2005. Carolyn Kepcher, a frequent guest on NBC's television program, The Apprentice, who's under elect, uh, NSA electronic Surveillance when she was general manager at Trump National Golf Course. Um, let's see, something Cliff, New York. B-R-L-A-R, -R, Cliff, New York. I don't know how to say that. Uh, on, and September 7th, 206. So that's a really long time ago, 206. Let's see, the year is 2017. So the year 206 will be would be 1,811 years ago. I, don't, I think that predates the NSA and probably Carol. Let's, well, let's see how old Carolyn uh, Capture is. Born 1969, so no, that's she's only 48. Um, so that must be a typo. I'm being a smartass, of course. Yeah, there's a typo on the, <laughs> on the article. Uh, I'm guessing it's supposed to be... Um, September 7, 2006, not 206. See, Joe Tracked, real estate property manager, Trump New World Property. Uh, let's see. Roger Soclo. More and more and more. Uh, all these employees appear to have been under NSA phone surveillance, plus 
various of them under financial surveillance as well, according to this article on InfoWars by Jerome Corsi. Uh, both federal and state law enforcement have had access to the Project Dragnet database, allowing widespread use of the methods such as parallel construction. The practice outlined in 2013 Reuters article, U.S. Direct Agents Cover Up Program to Use to Investigate Americans, reveal the breadth of information that trickles down to law enforcement from a high level intelligence agencies. And there's another article. Alex Jones is listed as being under electronic surveillance for phone records, as well as under surveillance for financial records. In 2016, no, rather, uh, 2006, the address for listed for Alex Jones in the NSA Project Dragnet database was correct for his residence at that time. So too, Alex Jones confirmed the phone number listed was also correct. Sheriff Joe Arpaio and Chief Investigator Zulu Zulu, I think. Why do I keep saying Zulu? Isn't that I think Zulu Zulu is uh, the Ghostbusters villain, right? Zulu have validated through law enforcement channels the validity of the name, address, and telephone numbers for the dates that appear in the Project Dragnet database. So, and uh, the article goes on. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to make a note to look that up. I would like to see the database for myself. So I'm going to try to find it. I'm going to see if I'm on it. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, but you never know. A lot of people say, well, you know, why why worry about NSA tapping or, or whatever? You never know. You, know, you can you can make a donation to an, organiza an organization that they don't like. You could write an email that they don't like or something like that. Or, you know, an, an employee could be somebody that doesn't like you. Um, of course, you know, the, the, pro the programs exist to, you know, combat terrorism and, and things like that, things of that nature, but no organization is perfect. No organization is all perfect employees and employees abuse wiretapping features that their jobs provide. And this, this should not be news to anybody. Mm, let's see what else is in the news. A new McCarthyism in Hollywood. Article on the Hollywood Reporter. So Tim Allen made some news. By saying, you know, I guess more so joking that... Being a conservative in Hollywood is um, like being in 1930s Germany or something like that. You know, more more Hitler stuff. <laughs> Everything's Hitler. Everything everything bad is compared to Hitler or, or 1930s Germany. Um, and you know, of course, drawing some criticism and and and, and some headlines and things like that. Uh, here's an article on the Hollywood Reporter. By Joseph McCarthy. Nope. That's funny. I I, I was read I was, I have I typically just read the 
name under the article, but I I read I read the name under this picture. No, this article is not written by McCarthy himself. This article is written by Stephen Galloway. A new McCarthyism in Hollywood is the title. It's been 70 years since President Truman ordered his loyalty test. Now Hollywood has a loyalty test of its own. 70 years ago this week, March 21st, 1947, to be exact, President Truman issued an executive order that caught some of the most diehard supporters by surprise. The order writes, Robert Justin Goldstein in Prologue magazine required that all federal civil service employees be screened for loyalty. Specified uh, one criterion would be finding of membership in, affiliation with, or sympathetic association with any organization determined by the Attorney General to be a totalitarian, can't speak, totalitarian, fascist, communist, or subversive, or advocating or approving of forceful denial of constitutional rights to other persons seeking to alter the form of government of the United States by uh, unconstitutional means. So I guess it's just drawing a comparison to uh, Hollywood. Most of the stars are very liberal, uh, and you got to pretty much be careful what you say if you're conservative or, you know, good luck. You need to find some work somewhere else. And I believe, yeah, then they have Tim Allen's quotes in here. Tim Allen made headlines this week when he, when he groused. It's a term that Hollywood reporter used. Quote, you have to be real, or you got to be real careful around here. You get beat up if you don't believe what everybody else believes. It's like 30s Germany. End quote. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos is, I guess, running for rector, University of Glasgow. It's just a, um, something I came across on YouTube. So, thought that was interesting. I don't know exactly what that is. But he comments in, on, in his video on YouTube titled, Vote Milo for Rector, University of Glasgow. He comments, honestly, how great would it be if your administration had to call me Lord Rector? Interesting. Anyway, Huffington Post. Why not end with a Huffington Post article? Goodbye boot. New Monopoly tokens to replace three old classics. Let me get past all these ads. So what what better um, is the Huffington Post for than talking about board games? Monopoly's stayed stable of tokens is in for a shakeup, and the boot is getting the boot. It's an article by Ryan... Grenoble. On Friday, Hasbro pulled the curtain back on the results of an online survey to select the next generation of tokens for its classic board game. And the results are Goodbye Thimble, Boot, and Wheelbarrow, Hello, T-Rex, Penguin, and Rubber Ducky. And they show a picture of the tokens. And they are just that. A rubber duck. 
a penguin and a T-Rex. The T-Rex is on some like kind of platform, I think. It's probably because it's harder to stand up on its T-Rex legs. And it looks all dotted. The rubber duck and the penguin are smooth. The T-Rex looks like it has some... I don't know, I guess it was supposed to be scales. It doesn't look... It looks kind of weird. Yeah, it says the full lineup of tokens now include a Scotty dog, Trump... Trump hat. <laughs> I'm saying Trump too much. <laughs> Let's try that again. The full lineup of tokens now includes a Scotty dog top hat, car, battleship, cat, T-Rex, rubber ducky, and penguin. Hasbro embarked on the user-driven vote to update its Monopoly tokens in early January ahead of World Monopoly Day on March 19th. Monopoly fans from 146 countries cast a total of one or 4.3 million votes during the contest, Hasbro told Huffington Post. Game piece options that didn't make the cut include smiley face emojis, a cell phone, and aviator sunglasses. Let's see. Uh, the company let slip news of the Thimble's demise in February, and in 2013, the company dropped the Iron Token, a staple since the 1930s, to replace it with a cat. Hasbro says the next generation of Monopoly due out this fall will include the new pieces pictured above. I wonder if did they have a vote on one, which ones to get rid of? Which ones did they get rid of again? Thimble, boot, and wheelbarrow. So now you'll you will not find. I think my oldest version of Monopoly is older than the when they got rid of the iron. So I think I still have the iron. I definitely have the thimble, boot, and wheelbarrow. Here's some comments in the Huffington Post. Nigel Smith says, "Well, all I got from this is I need to go buy a couple of Monopoly games before fall. The thimble was always my way to go. I thought the iron was kind of a cool board too. So." I'll have to look on eBay to see if Monopoly irons are high-priced. You know, why not? Why not do it now? If you're still listening to this and you haven't shut it off, you might be interested. Go to eBay.com. I'm going to type in Monopoly iron piece. And let's see what it says. New listing, lot of 10, Monopoly, oh man. Sorry, something blocked. Lot of 10, Monopoly use iron token, mover pieces, metal tokens. $9.21, buy it now, not bad. Monopoly token, piece, iron, $2.50, buy it now, free shipping. You can still get a Monopoly pretty, a, 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 a Monopoly iron um, pretty cheap. Here's seven original edition Monopoly tokens. Shoe, iron, dog, thimble, car, etc. <laughs> they couldn't even finish it. They just said the right, etc. $3.75. Buy it now. So don't fret. If you're gonna if you need to buy a new board, you can just get all the original pieces on eBay. Uh Joss Joss MacBond on the Huffington Post comments. What is the point of this challenge? Change. Keep the classic tokens. Guess I'll be buying Monopoly board game sets. 
use Monopoly board game sets from now on, heading to the thrift shop now. Well, you could go to eBay, like I said. Buy a new board, buy the old pieces. You can even use your own pieces. Uh, let's see. There was a comment I thought I read on this before that I thought was funny. Some guy vowing not to buy it. Here we go. Uh, Andy Alvarez says, Here it comes. Monopoly mayhem amongst families will now include all the children fighting over who gets to be T-Rex. So, smartest comment I've ever read on Huffington Post. Everyone always wanted to be the... Sh the uh, the car, from what I remember. Uh, I think if I was a kid, I really liked dinosaurs when I was a kid. And I still like them now. The kid in me. Uh, yeah, I think I could see that happening with the T-Rex. Well, on that very important note and that very important news story, I'm going to end this episode of Caldwell Madison Review, episode 48, for March 20th, 2017. And I want to thank you for listening. We are live Mondays and Thursdays, 8 o'clock Central Time, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Caldwell Madison. And you can download the episodes later on Blog Talk Radio, uh, same site, and on iTunes. And you get the better audio quality version. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll hope to catch you next time.